Business's Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, a marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper, bigpodcast.com. That's the website. What I do is help you grow an audience, spread your message, make people care about your message, make money with your message. More importantly, though, have impact with your message. Make a difference. You don't want to die not having made a difference, do you? Plenty of people do. And it's easier than ever to fool yourself. Get on social media, TikTok, YouTube shorts, Twitter. Think that you're doing something because you're putting out a lot of content, but it's just not connecting with people. I want to make sure that that doesn't happen to you. I want to make sure your contact connects with people and you make a difference in the world. Leave it a little bit better than how you found it. This is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. It's called Big Podcast Insider. Everything that I talk about here, it is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. In this episode, get the tape, get the tape. It's not only the prologue, it's a way of life. The woman who saved native song lessons from 1.5 million podcast downloads. The secret behind the best networker that I ever met. I'll give you a hint. 5, 25, 150. How many times has this happened to you? What? Going to talk about that. Also some classified ads for you. This episode brought to you by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast and video. Talked about this last week. Had COVID. Can't get with me when I got COVID, but I can still podcast, kind of, at least when I'm in my closet and you're wherever you are. How do you do that? Riverside.fm makes it possible. You record where you are. They record where they are. Maybe you're somebody who's interviewing people that don't really understand tech. Well, Riverside's got you covered. They've got an iOS app. It's going to work on your iPhone. A guest can simply hold the phone up to his or her mouth, just like they would a phone call. Riverside.fm is going to make them sound great. Right now, you can try it for free. Riverside.fm's website, they'll give you a couple of hours to fool around with it. If you like it, I think you will. Here's the discount code. Big podcast, one word, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Go to Riverside.fm to check it out. And use the code BIGPODCAST when you're ready to buy B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You'll get 15% off their already low prices. Talked about what's in this issue. Get the tape. The Woman Who Saved Native Song. Lessons from 1.5 million podcast downloads. I'm going to go from story to story to story. In between those stories, you are going to hear this sound. That's how you'll know when I'm going from one story to the next one. You don't need to write anything down, but you might want to follow along. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Let's get to it. Get the tape. Like I said, it's a way of life. I was thinking about this the other day. As far as I know, there are no recordings, zero recordings. They do not exist of my grandfather speaking or doing anything else. I've got a few recordings of my father, but only because I recorded him myself. I want you to think about that compared to where you are. Where you are as a podcaster but also where you are at this moment in time when everybody in our pockets, we've got a portable recording studio. I'm talking about your phone. Super easy to record whatever and whenever. Because of that, I think it's rare to find somebody under 25 who hasn't been recorded a lot. This is what I wonder though. Are we taking real advantage of the opportunity that we have? One of the things that I love about having a podcast It gives us the opportunity to approach anyone with a question and get an answer on tape. This is what I want to encourage you to take advantage of. Getting recordings of people who are important to you, telling you 
about things that are important to you. You don't have to know how you're going to use them. Again, tape is cheap. But I do want you to think, is this somebody I think I would like to hear from in the future? Maybe your father, grandfather, sister, son, daughter, wife, husband. Who do you want to talk to? What do you want to ask them? How are you going to make the best use of the tape that you've got? And also, how can you take advantage of the tape that you've got? I've got more thoughts on this coming up. A great story, actually. Also, thoughts on starting over in podcasting and the big opportunity for co-hosted podcast. Again, all the links, I've got them. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The woman who saved native song. Don't let important stories die. As you know, if you've been listening to this, I've got a music business background. I actually have a degree in music. You may know this if you are in the Catholic church or if you're into classical music, but there was a time when the church, I guess it's the church, maybe it was culture in general, thought that women did not need to perform music, but they had parts for women. So you'd play an opera, let's say, something with a part for a woman, but no, no, we couldn't actually have a woman actually do that part. So what they would do is they would use young boys who had higher voices and also something called castrati's, which is exactly what you would think that it is. They would castrate young boys and their voices would never change because of that. It's very dangerous surgery at the time. And sometimes it was a success. Sometimes it wasn't a success. But if it was a success, you would have very popular artists, we'll call them, castrati's, that would sing female parts. And they could do it throughout their lives because they'd been castrated. There are very few recordings of castrati's on tape. There are even fewer recordings of castrati's being interviewed. So that would be one of those things that we would read about and say, oh, that sounds interesting. What did that sound like? What did these people think? That is an example of something that we would have lost. And we more or less did. Like I said, there are very few of these recordings on tape if we were not taping these things. When I was in Mississippi, this was about 30 years ago, there was a small record label. It was based around a guy who would drive the state's back roads at a reel-to-reel recorder or whatever he was using at the time. He would go to the very smallest towns. You couldn't even call them towns. Maybe call them villages or somebody just plop a trailer down in the middle of nowhere. And he would record the old musicians that he met, old blues musicians. And I'm talking about dudes that, man, they were like 70, 80 years old. You would have thought, eh, these guys don't even exist anymore. They were sharecroppers working on cotton plantations, that kind of stuff. This was in the 90s. They're still doing it. But they also had Southern music, blues music, historic music that this guy wanted to get on tape before they died. He did get it on tape, released records. Some of those records became, I'm not going to say pop music hits, but they started getting attention and it got more attention, not only for the music, but also for the people who were making the music, also for these causes, because you would find out things like, oh man, they still do sharecropping in Mississippi. Yeah, they do. Here's a quote. We understand the people better if we know their music. And we appreciate the music better if we understand the people themselves. That goes back to listening to the people who made the music, hearing their stories coming from their mouths, and also hearing the music. And this is a story that I've linked to. Again, all the links, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. You might find it inspiring to do your own similar work. This is a woman who captured Native American music, captured these stories. The stories that you capture 
can be just as important. And those are the stories that I'm talking about of your father, grandfather, sisters, brothers, mothers, uncles, kids. I encourage you to get these stories on tape. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be a reel-to-reel recorder. It could be the iPhone that you use. Whatever, get those stories on tape. If you are at an event, say it's a family reunion, you got some old people around there, you're not sure those old people are going to be around much longer, pull out your phone, start talking to them. Get those stories on tape. You don't know what to ask? StoryCorps, newsletter.bigpodcast.com has the link to StoryCorps questions. They've got some great questions that you can start. People want to talk. They want to talk about themselves. Not always, but most of the time, a lot of people have never been asked about themselves. We are in a busy world. A lot of people, they're taking care of other people. They're too busy to talk about themselves, too worried with other people. Nobody has ever done them the service of saying, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. So that is something you can do. It is something that you can do to accurately reflect what is going on in our world right now because this is history that we have in our world right now. We are going to look back on this 5, 10, 20 years later and people will say, oh, do you remember when this happened? And you will say, yes. And I've got a story about that and I've documented this. This is something that you can do right now with the equipment that you've got that will benefit the world. You want another feel-good story? Mind the gap. (laughs) You've been to England? The tube, mind the gap. Basically, watch your step is what this guy is saying. And I've got a great story about a woman. Her husband had done those announcements. He passed. And him in the tube station, that was the only recording that she had of him. So she would go to the tube station and she would listen to his voice. And it was very important to her. They switched it out with a computerized voice. She talked to the powers that be, somehow got his voice playing again. So she can still go to the tube station. She can listen to his voice. It's a recording that brings good memories to her. Now you're on Facebook. It'll say, here's a memory from 10 years ago. Here's a memory from five years ago. Or you go back and you look at pictures from your friends in high school or college. Like, oh man, those were good times. There have been studies done. And there's a lot of bad stuff that we can say about Facebook. But this is one of the really good ones. That that is extremely uplifting to people. To see old photos. Remember that the world is bigger then maybe you think that it is now. Remember these relationships that you had and have and appreciate. Remember good times. You can do the same thing with your voice. That's why I'm talking about this this week. It's all very important. You can add to this. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about making impact. More thoughts on it? Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Now, speaking of making impact, let's talk about lessons from 1.5 million podcast downloads. You can make a lot of impact just with a few people, but sometimes, not always, let's call it a generality though. If you can reach more people with your message, you're probably going to have more impact, at least on a surface level. Let's talk about how to do that. This is some good food for thought about podcasting from Jake Klaus. He had a podcast called Creative Elements. It is now called Creator Science. Another interesting thing that you might find helpful you're curious about a rebrand, you might want to check out what Jay is doing right now. Talk about history being made and being in the moment. This is something that he's doing right now. You can see how this can be done because it might help you should you want to do a rebrand. Anyway, creator science, rather than comments on every single thing that he mentioned, I've got a couple of big ideas for you to consider. This is one of them. Not something he said, but something that's a well-known fact. Co-hosted or interview format podcasts, episodes that have more than one voice, 
they get more listeners than monologue format podcasts. Not always. I'm talking about generalities. Why is that? People find it easier to listen to conversations than a single voice. It's an easier listen. Not only is there interaction between two or more people, but those different voices, you've got a high voice, Castrati, low voice. <laughs> it's stimulating to listeners. It keeps people on their toes. Again, these are lessons from Jay Klaus. If you had to start all over again, he says he would skip the interviews. So how does that work? He says, I base my format around a curious and knowledgeable co-host and a unique premise. He's talking about making himself the expert, maybe having a straight man come in, and that guy is asking him questions. If you're not ready to do a solo format podcast, but you're done with worrying about finding great guests, whether those guests will show up with the proper equipment, scheduling issues, all the things that you would have to deal with with doing an interview format podcast, co-hosting may be a great format for you to consider. Like a solo format podcast, co-hosting allows you to take complete control of your recording schedule, take complete control of your audio quality, release the exact message that you want to get out. You pick the topics, you pick how those topics are discussed. You can publish as frequently or infrequently as you want. You're not beholden to a guest. You can also establish yourself, not the guest, as the expert. Sounds great, right? So why don't more podcasters do this? Co-hosting, much like solo format podcast, it requires a higher level of skill than a basic interview podcast. Also, you've got to find a great co-host, somebody who shares the same mission and enthusiasm for the podcast that you do. One of the reasons that people like conversations and people do listen to conversations more than they'll listen to a monologue is because we're used to listening to conversations. We are also used to having conversations. Most people, yeah, we used to having conversations. We might not like it. It doesn't mean we're great conversationalists. But compared to going off on your own for 10, 20, 30 minutes, look at your timer right now. I've been talking for 30 minutes. My guess is that this podcast right now, I don't know, 16, 17 minutes in, because I cut out a lot, a lot. And you're talking somebody 20-something years of broadcasting experience. Thousands of episodes. I still cut out a lot. It is not easy to do a monologue podcast. I get in between thoughts. So I want to say that a little bit differently. I stumble over words. I misread something. I'm working from bullet points. I'm not just doing this on the top of my head, even though sometimes it might feel like it. <laughs> it definitely does as I am doing it. And I fix it in the mix. But some people, they never mix it down. They never edit. Like, I, no, I don't edit. I want the full excitement of the live broadcast. I want that to come through. Is that really it? Or you just don't feel like editing? I guarantee you, you're not that organized. Anyway, the point is this. Monologue podcast, difficult to listen to for people, but also monologue format podcast, difficult for most people to do. Even co-hosted podcast, more difficult than a conversational podcast because you got to stay in your lane, man. Conversational podcast, pretty easy. Let the other person talk. When I started radio, my first guest First 10, 15 guests. I knew them all. And I brought them in because I knew they could cover for me. I knew that all I had to say is, hey, tell me about yourself. Whatever my basic questions were, right? <laughs> and they would go, blah, 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 blah. They could cover for me. Had 54 minutes to fill. I knew they were going to fill about 52 minutes of it. That's why we get into this. But if you really want to take things to the next level with your podcast, you want to build a story, you take complete control of your message, 
and to really have impact on people, you're going to need to do those things. You want to consider at least developing your monologue podcasting skills. Also, get better at co-hosting. It's a skill you can develop. I've got more thoughts on it. Also, more thoughts from Jay, all the lessons from 1.5 million podcast downloads, what he would do differently if he were starting over. That is linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The secret to the best networker I ever met. This is called the 525-150 rule. If you need more people to interview, if you need help growing your podcast, this is a clever idea to grow your network that can make both of these things happen. Here's the premise. It's simple. You keep in touch with people that you want to connect with or stay connected to on a regular basis. And here's what it looks like. List 180 people whom you feel would be beneficial to know and connect with. That's a lot of people. And you're going to put them into three different groups. The first group is going to be the top five people who are most critical to you in accomplishing your goals. You're going to reach out to those people multiple times per week. That second group, it's a little bit bigger of a group, 25 people. Those are the next most important people. You will reach out to them once a week. Got a remaining 150 people. Once a month for those. You think, I can't possibly reach out to 150 people a month. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. 30 days, divide that into 150. That's five people a day. So you're basically doing this, reaching out six, seven people a day. That is it. Consistently reaching out. If you get into that habit, just like you get in the habit of asking people questions, pulling out a recorder, recording those answers, talking about your podcast, asking people to subscribe to your podcast, letting them know how to subscribe to your podcast, getting into these daily habits It doesn't take that much energy. It's just something that you do. Arguably, the most difficult part of this is organizing things. How are you going to get in touch with these people? Do you know? Who are they? Getting that list of 150 people, that's going to take a little brain power. But it's going to get you to think, who could these people possibly be? Who do I need to get in touch with? What is it that I want from somebody? And I'm not saying to use people. I'm saying Let's talk about building a network that's going to allow you to have impact and actually help people. That's going to allow you to make money so you can have more impact and actually help more people. So how do you keep track of everybody? Google Sheets is great because you can do the five, you can do the 25, you can do the 150. That's pretty easy. You just go down the list. The first of the month, I reach out to these five people. The second of the month, these five people. Third of the month, these five people. That's pretty easy to do. The other people on the list, the five and the 25, you just hit those people a little bit more frequently. It's not that tough to do. A basic Google sheet, you can do name, you can do email, maybe a note if you want. Here's the last time I followed up. Check mark. Yep, followed up with them for April. Yeah, did May, did this week, did yesterday, whatever. That's not that tough. I think that figuring out what it is that you want, who you want to keep in touch with, that's going to be a little bit tougher for you. Now, what do you send people when you're reaching out? I'm going to give you two things to do. These are things that I want you to continuously think about, just like asking people to review, just like asking people questions, just like pulling out a recorder and getting those answers on tape. Make them become a habit. But if you do these two things, this is going to become a habit. You're going to have more than enough information to reach out to people about. First thing is always have your antenna up, looking for material that might be helpful for somebody on your list. Maybe, for example, it is something from this newsletter. And if not this audio edition of the newsletter, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I have things every single week. And if somebody's into podcasting, 
one of those things that I talk about is going to be a match for those people, guaranteed. They're in the audience building, just humanity, people connecting with each other. One of those things that I list is going to be a match for those people. There's all sorts of newsletters like mine, different topics with people just like me looking for things that you might be interested in. Find people like me, newsletter creators, information brokers, leverage their work and pass that work on to the people that you're reaching out to. So that's one way. Always have your antenna up. Look for material that might be helpful for somebody who is on your list. Also, always be creating your own material and when appropriate, mentioning the people that you want to connect with within that material. Now, I didn't do this for this purpose because I talked to him all the time. Just happened to talk to him. (laughs) But Jay Klaus, I mentioned Jay Klaus in the last story. This is an opportunity for me to go to Jay Klaus and say, hey man, I mentioned you in Big Podcast Insider this week. Jay Klaus could be, hey, thanks for that. Maybe I'm going to mention you and you mentioning me to all the people that I know. I don't know. But this is how it works. is people spreading information, people giving helpful information to each other, people helping each other, basically. Helping them do what they need. This is what Zig Ziglar would say. He said, you can get anything that you want when you help people get what they want. And let me throw something out here to you, too. It's just a big picture thing. This doesn't have to be perfect. When I say reach out to somebody every month, all right, maybe it's every six weeks, every seven weeks, every two months, whatever. Just get in the habit of keeping in touch with people, sending out helpful information, connecting people when you can, being available, being a good resource. That's it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Imperfect action can still be positive action. I've got more thoughts on this. If you want it all written out, make it a little bit easier on yourself, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Dot com. Hey, I also got a joke for you. How many times has this happened to you? <laughs> you got to see it. I can't describe it, but I guarantee you when you see it, you go, oh yeah, oh yeah. That happened to me once. Happened to me today. You're going to relate to this. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. But I do want to talk about a serious topic, and that is the cable management that you've got in your studio. This is something I always thought was interesting. Growing up in Nashville, you know, I had a really interesting situation growing up in my high school, and it was a public high school. We had a 48-track studio. Big studio, isolation booth, big tracking booth, big console, two-inch tape. This is the kind of culture that I grew up in. And one of the things that always interested me, because I go to the studio sometimes, hang out with guys, now I play guitar, so people would want me to play guitar in their stuff, or I knew people who were recording stuff. Their bands were recording, my band is recording, whatever. Some of the biggest, to call them burnouts would be insulting, but that was kind of their click. You know, you had the, the jocks and rich kids and super nerds, honor students, and you had what we would call burnouts. Guys that are hanging out on a Metallica show, driving Camaros, And also doing recording studio stuff. (laughs) Not the most organized guys in the world, except when it came to being in the studio, they had found their place and they were really great at cable organization. And these dudes, seriously, I mean, you look at a backpack with like school books or something in it that was just like thrown together. Can't find my paper. Can't find my pencil. You're like, how are these guys going to do well in life? Yet they'd be in the studio and they'd have an XLR cable, let's say, perfectly coiled up 
It was sitting a certain way on a certain hook. They knew exactly where it was. They were super organized with their cables. Back in the day, we had patch bays, almost like an old school phone operator. And you'd get effects from one thing to the next and different things on different channels. And anyways, a much different time than what we've got now with this digital recording that we've got. And you had to be very organized. You would know what you were doing. And these guys were. So that's kind of what the joke is about. It's about cable management. Do you have a cable management system for your studio? I know I've got cables everywhere, everywhere. Organized in other things, not necessarily my studio. And if you're like me, you don't really have a great cable management system in place. Maybe you want to do a little bit better. I've got some thoughts on that. That's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. And also, let's not forget a hilarious joke about cable management. I guarantee you'll relate to it. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I got a couple classified ads for you. Swell AI, you can use it to automate your podcast episode summaries. You get time-stamped episode highlights, long-form articles based on the content of your episode. That's one of the things I love about Swell AI. Long-form content, 1,900, 2,100 words. Boom. How do they do it? I don't know. No, just kidding. I do know. Because I, as Cody, the boss of Swell AI, took my own advice, pulled my recorder out and asked him some questions. He's going to talk about how to do it on a future episode. For now, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Check out Swell AI. You will love it. You can try it for free. Swell AI. More info, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Also, MailTimer. Customized countdown timers for emails, websites. These are going to boost your sales, your conversions, your click-through rates. I love using timers. I talked about it before, how we've all been on a sales page. We've all had an offer where we see that countdown timer. I've got two hours to act, eight minutes to act, two days to act, whatever. You want to get people to take action. And maybe it's simply to listen to your podcast episode. New episode coming out Friday morning. Here's the countdown. You can give very specific times using something like MailTimer. I've got it linked. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Thank you for listening to Build a Big Podcast. If you want to make sure that you never miss an episode, the audio version every week, here's how to get it bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. We've got a brand new page up. Subscribe and follow now. Had to move on from just subscribe. That's old language. We're moving forward, baby. I want you to go with me. Subscribe and follow at bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've kept that URL the same. I've got a link for Apple iPhone, Android devices. I've got an RSS feed link and I've got a QR code that you can scan. Pull out your phone. That QR code sucks down that latest podcast episode into your phone. You can listen to me at the gym, in the car. Keep one headphone in, listen in church. I'm not going to judge you. Wherever you are, I will follow you. That's because you're taking your phone wherever you are, aren't you? Admit it. Admit it. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That is how to get it. More great episodes about how to build a big podcast coming up, including the episode with Cody from Swell AI, all about how to use AI for your podcast growing your podcast, taking advantage of SEO, getting more listeners to your podcast. We're covering it all. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Go there before you forget. Subscribe. Never miss an episode. And I'll see you on the next one of Build a Big Podcast.